Good afternoon from the racing capital of the world, Speedway, Indiana. It is April 28th, 2019. My name is Nick Sturgeon, your host. Thank you for listening into episode 49 of the Cyber.Now podcast, the number one spot for learning about tech, cybersecurity, politics, and policy. I want to thank our show sponsor, Delta Research. I cannot thank them enough for their support. I also want to thank all of you who are listening to this episode right now for taking time out of your day. Time is the one resource that we do not get back and are not guaranteed. I really appreciate you spending that valuable resource on this podcast. Well, now that this podcast is a year old, it is that time for all of the hosting subscription to be renewed. For starters, the website address has changed just recently. It is now www.cybernowpod that is cybernowpod.com it will redirect to my company Avari Cyber's website so the look and feel is completely different than it was you'll have to scroll down just a teeny itty little bit to find information on the show that's going to be in a work in progress as well. I'm going to make the show's spot on that webpage a little bit more prominent and a little bit higher to, uh, up on the page to get to. So this is going to be probably somewhat temporary. I'm waiting on the top level domain dot now to come available. So again, until then, I will be using this new address because I really want the cyber.now as the website address for the show. Makes a little bit more sense, a little bit easier. So until that TLD becomes available, and this is what I'm just going to have to do. Now, uh, the last thing I'm going to talk about is in the next two weeks, I will be changing my hosting provider from SoundCloud. I'm not really for sure where I'm going to go yet, but I will let all of you know, so don't fear. Those of you who are listening to this show week in and week out, it'll be there. Maybe some minor disruptions if you're listening on SoundCloud, Podcast Attic, or another uh, podcasting provider uh, that's really dependent on the SoundCloud RSS. And it might be some issues. For those of you listening on iTunes, there shouldn't be much of a, if any, disruptions there. Because all I have to do is say, here is the RSS feed. And 24 hours later, boom, bang, bing, it is there. All right, for those of you who are first-time listeners, thank you for tuning in. It is my goal to keep you coming around week in and week out. If you are a returning listener, again, your continued support is very much appreciated. Outside of listening, I ask only a couple simple things. If you find this show's content valuable, please share it with your network. Then go subscribe, rate, review, and go sign up for the mailing list at the new website. Again, that's cybernowpod.com. Just have to scroll down a little bit and you can get the latest news, insights, and behind-the-scenes information. All right, so as I've been thinking about what I wanted to talk about this week, I'm actually going to step back and get to 
in between day one and day two is actually the morning of day two of the Sirius Security Symposium. So, uh, you know, wake up, the synapses are, you know, starting to fire, and a spark of a thought just kind of randomly started to formulate. As that spark began to take a life of its own, a thought, or the particular thought that kind of came out, called an epiphany, if you will, was what does liberty mean and what does it look like in a cyber-connected society? I know it's completely random and kind of a complex thing or thought to have first thing in the morning, but that's just kind of how I am. So as the day went on, I really couldn't stop about or stop thinking about that question or those questions. And in between the talks, interviews at the symposium, I had brought up a Word document and began typing it out in between, again, those, those talks and interviews, and really, really started to hone in my mental processes and beginning to formulate a whole bunch of stuff around those two original points, which is what I'm going to be talking through on today's show. Now, why is this important? Since the Mueller report has been released, and it hadn't quite gotten released at that point in time of the Sirius Symposium, but it was known that the report was coming out, even if it is in its heavily redacted form. One of the things that the media keeps pushing and highlighting out of that report is the Russian interference on our election systems. And in general, the basic security of our election systems. We also see a lack of due diligence on companies to secure our data. And even from a privacy standpoint, about what they are willing to do with the data they are collecting about us. Now, we've talked about this on the show many, many times in the past. So if you want to know my thoughts on that specifically, I suggest very, very strongly to go back and listen to the past episodes. But finally, there also, actually on that, there seems to be a conscious lack of care about data privacy by these companies. There are real consequences to these actions and or absence of actions thereof. Unfortunately, some of these consequences we will not be able to see come to fruition for months or even years to come. But before getting into that a little bit further, let's take a quick little break and thank our sponsor, Delta Research. Coming live from Sirius Symposium, the 20th Annual Security Conference here with, what is your title, Doug, at Delta Research, the, the premium cybersecurity sponsor <laughs> for the Cyber.Now podcast? Glad to have you on board. Glad to get you here to talk a little about Delta Research. Thanks, Nick. Yeah, so what is my title? Um, we're not real big on titles, but uh, I guess uh, I'm a founder or principal or whatever you choose to call me now, but uh, more than anything, I'm kind of the lead consultant. 
So tell us, what does Delta Research do? Why should my listeners come check you guys out? Yeah, so Delta Research uh, is uh, just a group of uh, experts within the industry that got together that realized that they um, they had a lot of connections. So uh, what we do is a lot of business development and consulting around cybersecurity and technology. So uh, if, uh, if you have a major problem, um, we likely know somebody who has a solution for it. We're vendor agnostic, so uh, if somebody has a vendor solution out there, then... Uh, uh, we can help you sort through it and see what's the best fit for you, uh, not not uh, not sell you a product or a service that you don't need. But uh, whether it's GDPR, whether it's uh, project management for building out socks or tool selection or those types of things, um, uh, again, uh, we we look out across all the solutions that are out there and help you pick the best one for you. So, what is your guys's target kind of niche? kind of sector is it all over the board or are you guys yeah. specializing in a certain area um so i would say the majority of what we do is is really uh, uh is, is really focused around cybersecurity solutions so um and, and that could be anything from like i said a, a big project that you need or helping find uh, specific talent so we know talent's a, a huge crisis out there um uh, so uh, we don't really have a specific niche um, outside of security and privacy and risk. Okay. Now, and, and then the companies that would be a good fit for you, you doing small, medium, large size companies. I mean, what, what's that kind of um, focus? Well, we don't discriminate. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Any and all. <laughs> we are about, uh, we are about uh, action. We are about moving forward. We are about finding solutions. Um, and if we can help a... Uh, a uh, small company, uh, our, uh, our smallest client has uh, five employees, um, uh, and then our larger clients are enterprise level. So um, we, we, can, uh, we can assist anybody, and, and we certainly don't discriminate. We, we definitely want to be uh, uh, accessible to, uh, to smaller businesses because, you know, SMBs are 50% of the entire economy out there. Yeah. What distinguishes Delta Research from the other players in the game? Yeah, we're not sure what game we're playing, <laughs> so um, we, we're not sure who the other players are at this point. Uh, no, so we we are really uh, problem solvers, and that's the that's the focus that that we have. So um, I think many providers out there um, can offer you pinpoint solutions. So uh, whether it's uh, MSSP or VAR or something like that, that's not us. Um, if you have a uh, if you have a very specific need, um, we can we can help fulfill that need. So we're kind of more of a big picture, um, help steer you to the right place. Whether it's marketing strategy, business development, uh, project management, uh, any of those things. If you want to if you want to build a marketing plan or sell a product, uh, we can help you there. If you want to build a sock, we can help you with you know what that layout looks like, what the tools are, what the infrastructure looks like, what markets to go after. So for those who would want to reach out for your guys' service, how do they get a hold of you? So we are right now uh, rebuilding our website, as, uh, as, uh, as a lot of folks are at this, this moment. So, um, but they can reach us, uh, they can reach me at uh, drap at cybercrossroads.com. Um, or they can, uh, when the website's up, it'll be up at uh, www.cybercrossroads.com. So we're... Uh, if you don't have my my uh, my number, I'll be glad to hand it out. <laughs> well, I really appreciate you guys coming on, and, yeah. and as a 
sponsor and the premium cybersecurity sponsor for the the podcast. It's great to have you guys aboard. Well, thanks. I appreciate it. And I appreciate what you're doing for the uh, cybersecurity ecosystem here in the Midwest. Uh, You know, it's uh, people like yourself that uh, get down in the weeds and make things happen. and, And we appreciate that. Well, glad to partner with you guys. Thanks. All right. Welcome back, everybody. So just a bit of a caveat here before we start. These thoughts, this whole spill I'm about ready to go through is still a work in progress. Once I have everything fleshed out a bit more, I'm probably going to turn this into an article. Without any further ado, let let us get right into it. Is the application of the U.S. Constitution and the legal system surrounding the Constitution any different in a society that is half in the real world and half in cyberspace? If not, what legal system would be best suited for this cyber-connected world? What legal protections should be in place to guard us from those that would do us harm? Finally, what protections need to be enacted to protect us against a government which is corruptible and ultimately that would be best suited in this modern cyber world? These questions need to be asked as the implementation of technology and more so that of cybersecurity infuses deeper and deeper into the mainstream. The application of cybersecurity and privacy protections is bound to create a major friction point with the different levels of government, and that's at the federal, state, and local levels, meaning the tools, apps, and techniques that are used to protect us against the bad cyber actors and other cyber risk can also be used to protect us from hostile and corrupt governments. We have seen this come to head at least once in the last few years. The incident that drove this into the mainstream was during the open conflict between the FBI and Apple as a result of the San Bernardino shootings. If you do not recall this, that's when the FBI went after Apple through the legal system and was trying to force Apple to create a backdoor in their operating system. And this backdoor was one that law enforcement could use whenever there was quote-unquote a legal need. Apple fought back, and in the end, the FBI found another way into the shooter's phone. There have been law enforcement testimonies to Congress calling for restrictions of certain technologies because it hampers their ability to do their jobs or because only criminals use these technologies. Even in more academic or general conversations, there are those that say one should not be able to use specific types of technologies. For instance, Bitcoin, as I heard recently, should be outlawed. Without a doubt, a philosophical debate is very much needed on this topic. Securing our technology is only part of this discussion. Privacy is the other side of this coin. The topic of privacy has been highlighted as much as the security conversation has, which leads me to ask the question, 
is there a presumption of guilt in this statement? Quote, you have nothing to fear if you have nothing to hide. End quote. It may not be obvious at first. However, when you peel back the layers and take a deeper look into it, it does become evident that, in fact, it is a presumption of guilt. In a society whose legal system is based on the presumption of innocent until proven guilty, a statement like that above is in contradiction to our legal system, and it is in direct opposition of the Fourth and Fifth Amendments. The concept that government needs to have probable cause to make an arrest and then prove beyond a reasonable doubt for a conviction was a groundbreaking idea at the time it was conceived and a tremendous protection of our liberties. You have to realize that at the time of our founders, when they formed our country, a person could be arrested, tried, and punished with the mere innuendo of suspicion, no evidence, no chance for the suspected offender to truly defend themselves. As a citizen of this country, you have the constitutional rights, of which the first ten are the foundation to the rest. Each right is important, but the first ten are the most important. The founders did not randomly order them. There was a purpose and an intent on why the first ten amendments appear in the order that they do. Time and time again, statements have been made and pardon the pun here, are used to guilt you into giving up your liberties. Statements like criminals only use, and you can insert and fill in the blanks here, any tool, action, or method. These statements have a profound psychological way of keeping citizens in check. One example that you will hear is criminals only use cash, specifically the $100 bill. In fact, in the last five or so years, Banks, along with the federal government, are working together when people deposit cash above a certain amount. Police are using civil forfeiture to seize large amounts of cash on peoples that aren't, quote, properly receipted. And they're instilling a maximum legal value on how much cash can be used for payments. Here's the thing. A tool in itself is just a tool. It is neither good nor bad. In the world of technology and cyber technologies like encryption, VPN, or other security or secure related technologies are used to make it more difficult for the quote-unquote bad guys, but they also make it more difficult for the government to quote, conduct official government business, end quote. This could be law enforcement at the state, local, and federal levels. It could be the IRS, the BNV, whomever you want to insert there. At the federal level, you'll hear it's for national security. But where will we draw the line? Is there a cyber to a principle that we can apply here? Is the right to bear cyber arms under the Constitution a thing? Should we have it? We have seen the extension of cyber rights in some countries, the biggest thing that comes to mind are those through the GDPR regulation, but those are more focused on privacy. 
as I pull the string on this thought a little bit more and more, I wonder if the government's hesitancy, at least in part, about allowing hackbacks, which are basically companies or individuals taking more active measures in cyber self-defense, is actually a result of the government not wanting the civilian population to be as well cyber-armed as them. By allowing these protections that give you more privacy and security also hamper their ability to use programs that have been outed through whistleblowers like Snowden. Okay, so that's kind of the end of my thought process so far. That's where I have been able to get to in the time in between work and traveling and family stuff at this point. I think I've got a little bit more to do to kind of round that out to to come to a good conclusion. But I really do think there is something there to talk about, to get that dialogue and that conversation going forward a little bit more than it has. It was very much a hot topic at the time of the whole FBI versus Apple, at least in the mainstream standpoint. There are, I'm almost positive, conversations like this happening in the academic circles, probably in government and cross-disciplinary circles, but it needs to be in the mainstream. You and I need to be thinking about this because it does have a direct impact on us. As I've mentioned before, the way we interact with companies who are not taking cybersecurity and privacy seriously will continue to happen as long as we don't hold those companies accountable. At some point, and there's another state that just released a privacy regulation or law, I think it was Washington, here in the last week, more states are going to go after this. There's continued talk about a national privacy law like the GDPR. We're likely to see most states handle it first before the federal government, because the federal government, well, is the federal government, and they don't do anything quickly. Not that I want them rushing into a GDPR-like regulation or law. I, I want it to be well thought out, but most of the time it's going to be, or at least with this, going to be fraught with bipartisan issues or partisan issues and major crony capitalism with companies like Facebook and Google lobbying to make sure they're taken care of and not really taking care of you and I. So again, a lot more that I could expand upon, but I think this for me is a good start. It's a good way and, you know, within, I don't know, maybe 1100 or 1200 words right now a good base to build upon you know further thought processes and expand on kind of what I'm thinking and what I'm I'm wanting to go after in this type of article all right guys that's it for this week's show thank you all for tuning in I hope you enjoyed it and I do hope it stirred up some thoughts in your brain matter hope it got you thinking Thanks again to our sponsor, 
Delta Research for supporting the show. Again, if you want to join in on the conversation, go check out the show's new webpage at cybernowpod.com. Hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. If you want to get a hold of me directly, you can find me on Twitter at the underscore Polititech, or you can email me at nick at thepolititech.com. Finally, if you think this show is worthy, go to iTunes, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcasting platform to subscribe, rate, review, and don't forget to share the show. If you guys do all of that, I will be back again next week to do this show once again. Until then, have a great week. Talk to you soon.